You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 364, Emotional Intelligence and the Fruit of the Holy Spirit, Part 2. Now, you might not associate the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read what they are if you're not familiar with them in just a second. I'm going to read the passage of Scripture from the letter to the Galatians. But we often don't think of emotional intelligence or even emotional control in the context of the fruit of the Spirit. And especially if you're a leader, sometimes we, we think, well, that's for church and, you know, this is for work. But the reality is God understood well before we did the need to have control of our emotions, to have emotional intelligence that we know how to control ourselves and how to act around other people. I mean, that's essentially what we're talking about with emotional intelligence. How do I act around different types of people? Um, are my emotions under control? Am I showing the proper emotion? Um, how, how am I showing, uh, how am I reacting to this situation? So let me read this passage of scripture and then we'll jump in. And this is from Galatians 5, 19 to 24. And I'm going to read the whole passage and it talks about a list of kind of uh, opposites to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And then it gives the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But, but I think you'll understand when you hear the context why we need to hear the whole thing. He says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, uh, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. That's a pretty bad group of uh, qualities. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, he goes on, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now, I truly hope you don't work in a workplace where you're dealing with uh, the really bad stuff we talked about. I mean, drunkenness and orgies and sexual immorality. But if you're like me, you've worked in the real world, you might be working in a workplace, you might be in a situation, in, in a relationship where you're dealing with enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. Um, look, I've seen every one of those in the workplace, and they create a toxic work environment. So that's why it's so important as a leader 
that we uh, adopt the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit because I promise you these nine fruit of the Holy Spirit will transform you as a person, but they'll also transform your leadership. They'll transform your relationships. Um, life will get much better if we can experience and walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So quick recap, last week we dealt with love and how love really is kind of sets the stage for everything. And and again, in the workplace, this might feel weird. So you might call it concern. You might call it care for the people that you're working with. But but either way, you're you're showing the emotion of love. You're, 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 You're choosing to love and to care for the people that you're working with. The second one is joy. Um, having a good attitude. It sounds like a simple thing, but just having a good attitude, a good frame of mind, taking yourself, not taking yourself so seriously, being able to laugh at yourself, creating a light environment at work. And I get it. Sometimes work can be serious and heavy and there's stuff that has to get done. But I promise if your people enjoy coming to work, if they can laugh and not get in trouble, if they can smile, if they can have a couple of moments to just kind of have a light mood in the office or the workplace, it's going to be so much healthier. And then leading with peace. The worst thing in the world is going to work and and feeling turmoil before you get there because you know there's no peace. Um, There's tension. Uh, Sometimes the the leadership stirs things up on purpose. Um, It's just a toxic environment. So, So love, joy, and peace were the first three. We'll jump back in in just a second. All right, before we get in, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. Reflections on the Resurrection takes an in-depth look at the importance of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. In fact, Paul says if there's no resurrection, essentially he says in 1 Corinthians 15, if there's no resurrection, there's no Christianity. That's how important the physical, actual, bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead is. But yet, sometimes as Christians, we we forget the importance of it. But if you look at the early church, it was their primary message. It was one of the primary things they talked about. So, the resurrection. So, so in this book, we deal with the evidence, the, the arguments that have been thrown against the resurrection. We deal with the evidence for the resurrection. We also talk about the, the theological implications. Why is it so important? And then we also deal with the devotional aspects. How can this transform my life by embracing and understanding the fact that Jesus rose from the dead? So click on the link uh, in in, in the show notes. You can go to Amazon, read the first chapter or so for free. I think you'll really enjoy it. And then by all means, click the buy button because you need this on your shelf. It's great for you. It's great for personal Bible study, but it's also great for your small group study. So Reflections on the Resurrection. Grab your copy today as an ebook or as a paperback. All right, well, we're back. So now we're going to talk about, we're going to start off talking about patience. Leading with patience. Letting patience be an important tool as you develop your emotional intelligence. Now, when we talk about patience, what are we talking about? There's so many aspects, and this one is so, so vitally important. I don't know about you, I struggle with patience. I live in Atlanta. If you drive in Atlanta traffic, 
patience, uh, you know, is one of those things that you're going to be dealing with on a regular basis, but also in our relationships and our work situations. Even if you're working at a church in a volunteer setting, dealing with patience is a very, very big deal. Here's Here's the first area where I think we need patience. When we deal with different types of people, you know, everybody's not wired the way I am. It's terrible. I wish everybody was wired the way I am. I mean, not really, but but in some ways it would make life easier for me. And and, and if everybody was wired the way you are, it'd make life easier for you. But we have to have patience in dealing with um, our fellow workers, our, our family members, people who don't think the way we do. Um, so patience comes in when we kind of reevaluate and go, okay, they're not thinking it. They're not looking at this situation the way I am. So I need to have patience and I need to try and see it through their eyes. Another way we need to have patience is when we're teaching someone a new skill. Often it's easier for me as the leader to just do it myself. But if I'm doing that, I'm not raising up other people. I'm not developing other people. So I want to be able to train uh, those in my sphere of influence uh, to be able to do the job. And so um, I've got to have patience and I've got to be able to, to, to train them, to teach them, and that requires a lot of patience. Also, not just developing people and training people to do their job, I want to be developing other leaders. Um, if, if you're in a leadership role, you shouldn't just be you know, trying to create more followers. You, you, you want to create more leaders, um, and then not just create more leaders, but create leaders who also create leaders. But this also requires patience because they're not always going to get it right. You don't always get it right. I don't always get it right. And so, um, you know, there, there'll be times when we have to come back to the drawing board and go, okay, let's, let's try again. Let's look at this. What happened here? And how can we, how can we fix it? And so, so patience is a very, very important thing. Patience also has the mindset that I'm not expecting perfection. I understand they might not get it right. They're not going to get it right. They're not may, may not even do it as good as me for a while, and 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 really, of course, if you're like me, that's the standard. Can they do it as good as me? Well, probably not, but that's okay. But can they get the job done? And so we've got to be able to 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 understand everything's not going to be perfect. But also, and this is a big one, when we're talking about patience, another play in another place in in, in the New Testament. In the letter of the Colossians, Paul talks about bearing with one another's faults. He's talking about patience in the context of bearing with other people's faults. Look, I've got faults. You've got faults. Everybody's got faults. And part of being a good leader and part of developing our emotional intelligence is we know how to bear with another person's faults. That doesn't mean we don't ever fire people. It doesn't mean we don't write people up and deal with things in the proper way. But there's also an idea that even though we're having to discipline or correct, we're doing it with patience. There's nothing worse than someone who's making us feel stupid because we made a mistake. That's not redemptive. That's not training. That's not helping. So even there, we're, we're bearing with each other's faults. We're, 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 we're correcting. We're, we're ch- challenging. We're helping fix the problem but we're doing it with patience. Patience is so vitally important when we talk about emotional intelligence, but especially when we talk about emotional intelligence in the context of being a leader. The second one is, that we're talking about today, is kindness. Leading with kindness. 
bringing kindness into your relationships, becoming a kind person. If I'm honest, this is kind of hard for me. I just don't consider myself a kind person. It's something I've really had to work on. And when I when I looked up for, for definition, it's it's generous, friendly, and considerate. And I think, well, I'm like that most of the time, but I'm not like that all the time. And it's it's something that we as leaders need to incorporate. Listen to those three words again that describe kindness. Generous, friendly, and considerate. We treat people well. You know, acts of kindness. Um, and, and, and this is going to look so different in everybody's context, but you know, looking for opportunities to show kindness. Maybe it's taking a subordinate out to lunch and picking up the bill. Maybe it's writing a thank you note and a, hand, a handwritten thank you note. Look, I don't like doing these. My handwriting is atrocious. It's actually embarrassing. My handwriting is so bad. But there have been several times when I've written people thank you notes, thanking them for, for, for doing a good job for a particular project, for, for whatever it was, but I was specific in thanking them for something. And then I would go to their cubicle and I would see that that thank you note was posted onto the, the, the back of their cubicle. Uh, it meant that much to them. It was on the cork board. Three or four times I saw that. And, and, and look, it's like I say, my handwriting's horrible. I'm not even sure they could read what I was writing. But it means something. And, and it's just a little kind act. It doesn't cost much. Uh, maybe at Christmas time, doing something special for the people that you're working with. But acts of kindness. Um, I remember we had had a coworker who was really dealing with some significant health issues, and then their spouse was dealing with some significant health issues. And you know, I I, I kind of took it on myself, and I asked our team. I said, "Why don't we take up some money and you know let's let's do something?" So we went and bought some groceries and bought you know just made cooking dinner easy, some rotisserie chickens and some other things and. You know, they were just blown away by the fact that their co-workers would do this for them. And again, it cost us maybe 10 bucks a piece, 5 bucks a piece. I don't know. We just threw some money in and, and went to the store. But it, it was a small thing, but an act of kindness, people will remember it forever. And even just going through our daily life, just being kind. I mentioned traffic. I hate letting people in front of me. But you know what? It's 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 a nice thing to do. Um, just being kind. So so this is a great one that goes with patience. Is developing this kindness, this generous, this friendly, this considerate attitude, this thing of treating people well. And then the last one we'll talk about today almost sounds just generic. But listen, Paul said. Goodness. The word he used in the fruit of the Holy Spirit after kindness was goodness. Leading with goodness. What does goodness mean? Isn't that the same as kindness or maybe the same as patience or even the same as love? I mean, what does goodness mean? The dictionary says that it's an uprightness of heart and life. An uprightness of heart and life. And life. Now, this is a really, really important one when you think about it in that context an uprightness of heart and life. You know, the leader should set an example for the kind of behavior they expect from their team. In other words, 
if the team hears the leader talking bad about management or about the pastor, if you're working in a a Christian setting or in a church, how can we be surprised if our people are going to take that behavior and start talking bad about us or talking bad about the management or the pastor? We set the context. Um, You know, I've, I've always said, you know, I want people who aren't just doing things right. I want people who are doing the right thing. And when we're talking about emotional intelligence, it's easy to kind of get those little blurred. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm checking off all the boxes. I'm, I'm getting everything right. I'm, I'm getting my assignments done. But I want people who do the right thing when I'm not around. And I model that behavior. I am the person who models that behavior if I'm the leader. I should set the example for what I want the team to be like. And this may mean sometimes coming back and apologizing. I've had to do that before. I've had to swallow my pride and say, hey, listen, I said something that I shouldn't have said. It was improper, and, and I'm sorry. I did that in, in roll call one time with you know a bunch of police officers sitting there. And I said, you know what? I said something yesterday that, that I shouldn't have said, and I'm sorry. I apologize for that. And, you know, I, I felt like I was supposed to do it. I don't know if it changed anybody's life, but... Um, I at least wanted to set the example that, that what I had done was wrong and I expected better from myself. So, so goodness is a big deal. Um, when we start talking about integrity, um, don't you want people working for you who have integrity? Don't you want people working for you who have good motives? Um, you know, we, we're not talking a lot about motives here, but really this is kind of where we're at in, when we're talking about goodness is, you know, what kind of motives do people have? Um, Look, I get it. Sometimes people take jobs as stepping stones to move on to better things. I get that. Sometimes people are in leadership positions so that they can move up to another leadership position. I get it. But what are their motives while they're there? Um, You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to go further. But while they're there, are they doing the right thing? Are they good people? And, 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 you know, look, there's there's plenty of good people out there, but there's other people that I just have to say, you know what, I don't know if they're a good person or not because I see the fruit of their life and I see the way they treat other people and I see their motives. So I want to be a good person. I know you want to be a good person. And this is a key to developing our emotional intelligence. All right, well, I'm going to wrap up with that. Um, we've touched on patience, kindness, and goodness. Next week, we'll wrap up with, uh, with the last three in Paul's list. But listen, we all want to develop our emotional intelligence. We all want to know how to control our emotions. We all want to be the leaders that God has called us to be. And by incorporating this list of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that Paul gave us here in Galatians, we can do that. Well, I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on patience, kindness, and goodness. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post so that we can keep the conversation going. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to get my, uh, my, my email newsletter that comes out every few months, let you know what we're doing in different parts of the world. My wife and I, I just got back from a trip to the Congo um, just a few weeks ago. I have some great things happening there. So just a good way for us to stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We will see you next week on Leading and Learning.